Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. The book of Exodus, I love to study the book of Exodus because when you study it, really the main theme of it is this. Uh, there's a way out. The children of Israel has been in bondage in Egypt's land for so long uh, and God is preparing them a way out of Egypt uh, and uh, God sends them a deliverer, Moses, to lead them out of Egypt's land. Boy, Moses done a great job uh, in leading them out. We I, I, and, and you know, boy, I, I was I was thinking on this today, Brother Dakota, and um, I, I even studied a little bit on this today. You know, Moses missed it because he didn't get to go into Canaan's land. Uh, um, he smote the rock twice, and God did not let him go into Canaan's land, but God let him uh, get them out of Egypt, and God used Moses mightily uh, in doing that. But in chapter number 14, uh, they're beginning to make their exodus uh, out of Egypt. Chapter number 15, of course, chapter 14 they cross the Red Sea they go three days in the wilderness in chapter 15 they come to Mara and uh, many of you know the story of the bitter waters of Mara that they go to but Moses puts a tree in the water and that tree made those bitter waters sweet and you know what in the bitter times of our life uh, if we'll get it to a tree called Calvary it can make uh, uh, our bitter times a whole lot better amen but look with me here in chapter number 14 and you can remain seated. Uh, um, let me read you a couple verses. I've had several people say this to me. Preacher, we love the chairs. They're a whole lot more comfortable. And um, I like them myself too. And the good thing about them, we was full on Sunday, uh, but we can change things around just a little bit and put a lot more chairs in here than's in here. So that's the good thing about it. But watch this. Chapter and another good thing about it, pews is 50,000, chairs are 20,000. Amen. Look what the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 14. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 13. The Bible said this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they, watch this, go forward. That they go forward. And I want to talk to you just a little while tonight on that thought of going forward. Father, I love you. I pray over the next few minutes, God, that you'd help us tonight. I pray, God, that you'd give us liberty and unction, God. I pray, God, that we would get understanding from your word and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I, again, I love this book of Exodus. And uh, Brother Matt, I'm going to get close to the monitors just to see if they'll feed back here over the next little bit. And uh, if it squeals, don't nobody pass out they're going to get it straightened out, okay? But I love studying the book of Exodus, but Josh, and one thing that I like about it is there's so much typology, and I'm not losing my mind, okay? This is a mic, and if it gets too close to that and it's not set right, it will squeal and make us all jump, okay? But there's a lot of typology in the book of Exodus. You can um, look at it, Brother Dakota, and as you study, one of the things that I love to study is the blood, 
blood uh, in the book of Exodus. I love to study that Passover, and uh, I love to study how it didn't, oh, there was just a touch, but not much. I love to study how um, the blood had to be applied. It had to be applied to the doorpost and either side of the doorpost, practically symbolizing a cross on that doorpost. And it's because of the blood of the cross that we're able to have life, amen? And uh, all of that is shown throughout the book of Exodus. Man, we can see so much typology. I love to preach on that tree in chapter number 15 uh, um, that Moses thrown into the water uh, and uh, how God used that to make those bitter times sweet uh, and God will do that in our life and God is so good uh, at taking our bitter times that what we thought was going to destroy us and kill us uh, and God can take that and make it some of the best days of our life and strengthen us like never before Brian see you thought you was going to get away from me preaching to you didn't you? And you come back here and I'm going to walk back here to you tonight and I'm going to walk around a lot tonight but you just listen to me preach and don't worry about the sound, okay? God can take our bitter times and make them so much better. And whenever you come here in chapter number 14, God has told Moses uh, to lead the children out of Israel or eat, uh, out of Egypt. And uh, God has began to prepare a way for Moses to do that. Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Uh, and God, uh, or God speaks to Pharaoh's heart. Uh, and Moses is able, but to, to speak on the behalf of God and Moses is able to begin leading the children of Israel out of Egypt's land. And here's what he says to them in verse number 15. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. You see, God's plan for the children of Israel was to go forward. Now I say something to you tonight. God's plan for you and God's plan for me tonight is to go forward. God is not interested in us just sitting around uh, doing nothing for Him. You say, well, preacher, you don't know my disabilities, uh, um, but don't you understand God can turn your disabilities into abilities uh, and use you for the glory of God? You say, preacher, you don't know my age tonight. Uh, well, I may not know your age, but I know what Caleb said when he was 80 years old. Uh, he said, give me the mountain. He was not satisfied uh, with just sitting around in the lowland man, he wanted to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. God intends for us to go forward in the things of God and to do great things for Him. And in order to accomplish that, it'll take all of us finding our place and serving Him. Um, I know we filled out ministry involvement forms. And boy, I appreciate Miss Debbie. She's taking those home with her tonight and she's going to be going through all of those and putting it in a spreadsheet for me so I can sit down and see who wants to work where and, and matter of fact I'm going to say more about that at the end of the service tonight but we've all got a place and God wants us to go forward. If we're not careful we'll find ourselves in a comfort zone now. Um, God's allowed us to build a new sanctuary um, God's going to allow us to do some major renovations in our other buildings and man God's allowed us to pave the parking 
parking lot and we're still over $300,000 lower than what we thought we was going to be just on this building. Amen? So God has got something for us and we can't just sit around and say, well, you know, look what God's done. Yes, God's done it, but that's a new day. There's still people going to hell. There's still people that needs to hear the gospel. There's still doors that needs to be knocked on. There's still souls that need to be reached. And God's intention for us is to go forward for Him. Here's a couple things you'll find when you go forward. Number one, watch this in the Bible. Number one, you know what you'll find when you go forward? You'll find problems. You'll find problems tonight. You'll find problems tonight. I remember several years ago I was talking um, uh, to a preacher and we was dealing with a few things and I was talking to him about it and here's what he said. He said, Brother Jonathan, as long as you've got people, you'll have problems. As long as you've got people, you'll have problems. You know what? I've just come to accept the more you do for God, the more problems you're going to face. You know what you say? Well, the devil's not messing with me. I've not battled the devil any at all. You know what that means? You're probably sitting stagnant in your relationship with God. When you start doing something for God, when you start trying to go forward, when you start trying to win souls, when you start trying to grow the church, when you start trying to grow personally, in your spiritual life, there's going to be problems that comes your way. Know what the Bible says. Look with me here tonight in chapter number 14, verse number 5. Well, for the sake of time, we'll just skip to verse 7. I'll just hit a couple highlights here. The Bible said in verse number 7, and he took 600 uh, chosen chariots and all the chosen or chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. What's happened here? The children of Israel has left to Egypt, and after they leave Egypt, uh, Pharaoh gets upset about that, and Pharaoh decides you know what I'm going to do I'm going after them they've been my slaves they've been working for me and now that they're gone even though I said they could go I'm going after them so you know what happens they end up facing problems I want you to hear something tonight you know what for many years before you got saved you was a slave to Satan you was a slave to Satan and you know what you had to do God saved you from that okay God delivered you from that but Satan is not excited uh, that you have been delivered uh, from him. And you know what Satan's going to do? Satan's going to come after you uh, with everything he can. Hear me and hear me well. He cannot get your salvation. Amen. Uh, it's eternal security in the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the plainest doctrines in the Word of God. Uh, but you know what he can steal? Uh, he can steal your joy. Uh, he can steal your peace. Uh, he can steal your assurance and what he'll do is he'll cause you to get disgruntled about the people at church about the way things are going at church about everybody else and before you know it you'll be sitting on the sidelines there will be problems when you move forward mark her down honey you might as well get ready for it you remember what the Bible said in 2 Timothy the Bible said this yea all that live godly shall suffer persecution 
execution. You know what the Bible said in Psalms 23 verse number 5? He said this, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know what that means? That doesn't mean that the good shepherd walks out into a field full of coyotes and decides to let the sheep eat in a field full of wolves and coyotes. That's not what that's talking about. You know what that's talking about? Here's what that's talking about. Whenever you study a sheep out, they're a lot like a chicken. And when a sheep gets a bad place on them, other sheep will run to them and begin to mess with them. And you'll find that they become enemies within themselves. You know what? Not everybody, even at church, is always excited about what you're doing for God. And there will be times that even those around you at the church house will become an enemy, but you're going to have to make up your mind, God saved me from a world of sin. God saved me out of the heartaches of this world. And with the help of God, no matter what problem comes my way, I will move forward for him. There'll be problems when you go forward. Watch this. There'll not only be problems, number two, there'll be prayer when you move forward. Because let me tell you what problems do. Problems cause you to pray. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Problems cause you to pray. Note what happens in chapter number 14, verse number 10. The Bible said, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. You know what? They got a problem right here. The Red Sea's in front of them, mountains on one side, desert on the other side, and Pharaoh and his armies behind them. They got a problem. But look what's happened. The Bible said that they were so afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. The children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Hey, if you're going to move forward tonight, number one, you need to realize that there will be problems. But number two, you need to realize you need to pray if you're going to move forward. You know what? We need to pray, period. Period. We need to pray. I have. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you're still doing it. I hope you didn't do it two days and lay it down. Uh, but I have so enjoyed uh, our our, our um, prayer journal that we've been going through. And um, if you're where I'm at in it, you're on Jonah today. Uh, and man, it was a good read today on the life of Jonah and the prayer of Jonah. Uh, but I want to say something to you tonight. In moving forward, uh, uh, you better learn how to pray. You better learn how to talk to God. I've said this many times. Uh, praying is simply talking to God uh, as we're talking to each other tonight. It's saying, God, here's what I need. God, forgive me for this. Uh, and God, here's what I need. Uh, God, I just want to thank you. Uh, God, I just want to praise you. Uh, prayer is not always asking. Uh, prayer is sometimes, Brother Dakota, when we just magnify him uh, and we just praise him uh, and we just exalt him for who he is and what he's done for us. Amen. It's praying tonight and moving forward in our life. We better learn how to pray and talk to the Lord. Um, praying is one of the greatest privileges that we have as a child of God tonight. It's one of the greatest privileges. You know what? Everybody can pick up a Bible and read it, but not everybody can talk to God and God hear it. 
Because the Bible said this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear my prayer. And you know what? The sinner can pray all he wants to. The lost man can pray all he wants to. But I'm telling you, God's not going to hear his prayer because the Word of God said, if I've got sin in my life, he'll not hear it. The first prayer God hears from a lost man is the prayer of salvation. And thank God after that, if sin is out of my life, I've got direct access to my heavenly Father. Oh yes, good neighbor, I don't have to go through the Pope with no hope. I don't have to go through anybody else. I can be riding down the road. I can be laying in the bed. I can be at an altar. I can be at home. I've got access to the throne of God when I need it. Amen. So going forward, what do you find? You find problems. But I'll say this to you tonight. Going forward, you will find prayer going forward. Number three, watch this. You'll not only find problems, you'll find prayer. But can I say this to you tonight, number three? When you're moving forward and you do not allow the problems to stop you, but you find yourself bathing that in prayer, number three, you'll find provisions. You'll find provisions. I like that verse that says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And you know what? He's promised us to take care of our need. There's never been a day, I'm 40, almost 45 years old, there's never been a day that God hadn't met every need that I had. I needed about 120 amens right there. There's never been a day that God hadn't met every need that I had. There's never been a day. You know what? And sometimes he uses the most unique individuals to meet that need, Brother Dakota. Y'all have heard me tell this story before, but I remember, Brother Dakota, when we was at uh, Rock of Ages. Man, I'm telling you, we didn't have nothing. Um, we was trying our best uh, to make ends meet. God was meeting the need like he always has. Somebody say amen right there. But I'll never forget, we was fixing to go on a big trip, uh, and uh, I was thinking in my mind, man, what are we going to do? I know God meet the need, but how's it going to be met? And I went to the mailbox, and I opened the mailbox, uh, and there was something from Farm Bureau, and I thought, man, uh, it's not time for our, our insurance to be due, but Ted, I thought, I, I don't have money to pay insurance right now, and I opened that up, and whenever I opened that up, you know what it was? It was a check for several hundred dollars, and here's what it said, back on such and such day, you overpaid your insurance, and I thought, no, I didn't over pay my insurance, uh, even looked back and couldn't figure out how I'd overpaid it. But you know why? God used the most unique individuals uh, to provide for the needs uh, of me and my wife to share the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're going forward uh, and it's God's will in what you're doing, uh, I promise you God will meet your need. He always has. He always will. Watch this. Chapter number 14. Look in verse 13. Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Look in verse number 14. The Lord shall fight for you. 
Verse 16, But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The Bible said in verse number 17, And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen, and the angel of God which went before them, or went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of a cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Bible said in verse 20, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it, watch this. It was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these so that one came not near the other all the night. The Bible said in verse number 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. And watch this. And took off their chariot wheels. Let me tell you what that means right there. That means the wheels of the chariots run off. That's what it means. The Bible said and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Said, so, preacher, what are you saying? And I'm saying this, God, where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, God provides. What happened? The children of Israel come to this problem in their life and they prayed and said, God, what are we going to do? And God spoke to the man of God, Moses, and told Moses what to say to them. Watch this. And then they followed him. I got one amen on that. And then they followed him. Because that's the way God works in the church. He speaks to the pastor and God followed, uh, they followed Moses after God spoke to Moses. Uh, and here's what happens. Man, they get to the Red Sea. Uh, Moses stretches his rod out across it, and they go across. Some have said this, that it was between uh, uh, two and a half and three miles wide. Uh, the, the, the waters parted that night. And they've said that it is estimated uh, between two and three million uh, Egyptians are not Egyptians, uh, but the Israelites and the mixed multitude, uh, between two and three million, uh, crossed the Red Sea that night uh, and went to the other side. And when they got to the other side, the Egyptians come pursuing after them, uh, and the Bible said their chariot wheels run off. 
I don't know about you, but I sure would have liked the brother Josh been standing over on the banks of the Red Sea that day taking all of that in. Here comes the Egyptians and, and their chariots and boy, they get into the midst of the Red Sea and the wheels run off. Boy, I bet they began to talk about the person that tightened the lug nuts on that wheel. The wheels run off of it, man. The Bible, when you read on, they end up saying that they drave them hard. In other words, they couldn't drive them. And God ends up telling Moses, other uh, stretches right back over the Red Sea. Uh, and he does, and they drown that day. Uh, and the Bible said they never saw him again. He said, preach what he said. I'm saying this. When we're following God and going forward, he will provide what we need. Today I was thinking about this, I was studying, and the past three days I have so enjoyed pastoring again. For the past 27 weeks I've uh, been a general contractor practically, and I have not um, spent hardly any time in the study. I, I, I've, I, I've, all of my life was right. My wife will tell you that, and a few of the men here will tell you that. There was, and I'm not complaining, but there was a lot of weeks that I was putting 60 and 70 hours in this building. That wasn't counting time at home. That wasn't counting studying. That wasn't counting nothing else to do with the church. But the past three days, man, I've been in the office, Brother Cody, the past three days, and I've read my Bible. Oh, well, I read my Bible anyway, but I read my Bible. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. I began to study more diligently like I used to because, man, we've, we've crossed the top of this thing, Brother Brian. We, there, there's, we got to the light that was at the end of that tunnel. We're there now. I began to think about the early days a building. I, I, I'm, I'm about to get done, but they, they told me they needed me to preach about an hour and a half tonight. I began, Brother Corey, to think about the early days. I'm talking about before we broke ground or anything. I, I began to think about it. And uh, I, I began to think about that uh, Brother Joe um, from uh, Charlotte that brought that load of wood up here. And I'll never forget that night. I called Caleb Mitchell, and, and uh, they're not mad. They've just been out of town a few days. That's where they was at Sunday and tonight. But I, I, I called Caleb, and I was like, hey, man, they're bringing some lumber up here. You care run up here and help me unload this tonight? And he said, man, I don't care a bit. And he came up here and sat down over my office, and we fixed a cup of coffee. And, man, we were sitting there, and I'll never forget hearing the Jake break on that truck. And I thought, Joe had sent me a picture, but I thought it was a joke. I really did. And uh, I, I'll never forget, I told Caleb, I said, man, that sounds like a Jake break coming down the road. And we walked over the knoll right over there and looked down just right out here. And that whole tractor and trailer load of lumber sitting down there in the road. And I thought in the back of my mind, boy, this is going to be a long night. I'm glad I got a cup of coffee a while ago. I'll never forget, man, he got that little machine off. I don't even know what it's called, but, boy, I was so thankful for that little machine that night. And Brother Brian, he went unloading that lumber. And, and I told Caleb, I said, just walk up there and we'll just stagger right back there. I said, no more than there is, we'll just stagger back there. He unloaded lumber, and he unloaded lumber, and he unloaded lumber, and he unloaded lumber, and he unloaded lumber. Practically, there was, there was very little, very little lumber that was even bought inside of this building. The main lumber that was even bought inside of this building was to frame the bathrooms and this wall right here up. Everything else was out of that lumber. You say, preacher, why are you even talking about that? Here's the reason I'm talking about that and saying something about that. God said go forward. 
And you know what we've done? We have faced some problems. You know what we do? We'll face some more problems, Brother Ramsey. That's just the truth. That's the way church is. There's going to be problems along the way. But you know what we've done? We prayed about it. Amen. We prayed about it. And I stood up one night and I said, Church, God said to move forward and build a new sanctuary. And you know what? In a matter of about a 45-second building, uh, or a uh, 45-second business meeting, uh, we voted to spend $800,000 on building a new sanctuary. And you know what happened? Hey, look, here's what happened. God spoke to the man of God. The man of God spoke to the people of God. The people of God followed the man of God. Uh, and you know what God done? Look around. God provided what we needed. Little did we know that when it all started, God was going to send an electrician. God was going to send a plumber. God was going to send general contractors to our church. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. It's God's will for us to go forward. And when we go forward and we pray about it, I promise you God will provide what we need. There was provisions. Watch this. Number four, there's a promise. I, I, I'm about right now. I'm really not, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to come in for a landing here in about 30 minutes. Look, there's promises. Look in verse number 26. The Bible said this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horses, horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and, and, um, uh, and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved to Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. What did the Bible say? Look in verse number 14. The Lord shall fight for you. Verse number 15, go forward. Verse number 30. God held to his promise that he made them. When we're moving forward, there's a promise from God that he's going to take care of us. God, he's going to take... I've not seen... David said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. There is a promise from God tonight. There is a promise from God. Um, I, I, I thought about this today. I, I was talking to... Um, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody today. Oh, I know who I was talking to. I was talking to Larry Lowe, our chief deputy. We was talking about what the Lord had done after devotions this morning. We sat back there in his office and uh, we was talking about what the Lord had done. And I told him, I said, man, I stand amazed. I said, I stand amazed as of tonight. We've we it, it, we've borrowed around 470, 480. I can look back there on the AIA and tell you exactly, but around 470 or 480 thousand dollars. You said, preacher, that's a lot of money. You're sitting in a 1.1 million dollar building tonight, and 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 we've borrowed about 470 thousand dollars. I don't know about you. I say praise God. The what it is, God promises us He'll take care of us. And here's what I told him. I said when I when we went into it. When we went into it, we upped what we was doing in missions. 
We up what we do. And you know, they were some of y'all, I could see it. Every time I'd say, well, let's give $10,000 to this missionary. Let's build a church in Uganda for $12,000. I could see it in some people's face. I can't believe the preacher's spending that money. I can't believe he's sending that money. You know what we're going to do? We're going to keep sending that money out. Amen. Let me tell you the reason why. Here's why. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto you. That's what God does. That's a promise from God. Let me show you one last thing. Madeline, come start playing softly, if you will. Chapter number 15 rolls around. And in chapter number 15, you that knows your Bible knows this. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel. They break out in chapter number 15 into a song of praise. Miriam breaks out with a timbrel and a dance. I, I don't believe it was the hokey pokey I believe it's a holy dance. David danced before the Lord also. Some of you that's been here several years will remember I preached a Sunday, both services on dancing before the Lord. I preached on Miriam dancing and I preached on David dancing. Both of those people danced before the Lord. Matter of fact, one of David's wives got upset with him. And here's what he said to her. He said, if you think that was something today, you wait till tomorrow and I'll embarrass my own self dancing before God. True worship will always embarrass your flesh, by the way. True worship, you'll never truly worship God in public till you, you exit public opinion from your mind. I've always said this. I've always said this. Everybody that's alive needs to do three things. Number one, they need to get saved. Somebody say amen. They need to get saved. Number two, they need to sell out to serve God. And number three, they need to have an old-fashioned Holy Ghost shouting fit. I remember the first time I ever run, Brother Dakota. I do remember the first time I ever run. It was in Robbinsville at Sweet Gum Baptist Church. At that time, there was a home called the McGill's Girls' Home. They were singing a song about Mephibosheth. Son, I just got plumb lost in the glory. I said, Brother Ramsey, I, just, I didn't know where I was at. Some of y'all looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm looking, you know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, I just there's been times in my prayer closet. That I but the code, I just got out you somewhere else. I'll never forget one night we or one day we was praying up on the mountain. Todd McKeon was with us. And 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 the place we was at, a man didn't need to move around a whole lot because he'd fall off the side of the mountain. Now I'll never forget. His voice started changing directions. And you can just tell in his praying, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You just tell in his praying, he's hooked up, man. He's hooked up. And I, I opened my eye. Whenever I opened my eye, Todd was walking around shaking hands with pine trees. I'll never forget it. Son, he's praying, thank God for Calvary. Thank God I don't have to die and go to hell. Thank God I ain't snorting crack this morning. He, but Todd come from a rough background. They began to praise God. You know what we need to do tonight? We ought to just take out two or three services and just shout the roof off this church for what God's done. We'll just shout the I'm telling you. I don't think we, I'm saying we because I'm including, I don't think we realize really what God has done for us. I, I was told this. Whenever I began praying about building, I was told by one pastor, he said, it'll take you a year 
from the day you vote to build, it'll take a year before you can ever even break ground on it. They said there's no way you can get it done any quicker than that just breaking ground. Oh, you know what? It's not even been a year since we voted. And here. Why? Because we decided we wanted to go forward. And tonight as we stand here, I preach on the same line Sunday morning. As we sit here in this beautiful sanctuary that God's blessed us with, with 40 or 50 kids and workers in Awanas tonight, the church, if we, all of those was over here, we'd be about full sitting in here tonight. And all we need to do, we need to drop the plow and keep going forward. There's still souls dying and going to hell. Amen. There's still missionaries who need to get to the field. I tell you, man, one of my, I'm so excited that we're done with the building practically. I know we're going to do some renovations, but I've already talked to the deacons and trustees. We're contracting that out. I'm not going to be in the middle of all of it. i got a church to pastor. I'm not going to be in the middle of all of it. God's given us some good people to oversee that and take care of it now. One of my, I can't wait because one of my things, I saw Brother Dakota about this. Man, I want to see some church planters in New England. Salem, we had a church plant there, 44,000 people in 18 square miles. 18 square miles, 44,000 people with no gospel witness in it. Matter of fact, it's right at 45,000, it's 44,800. And, and I began talking to Brother Jason Hamby today, and I told Brother Mike McDaniel yesterday. And, and towards the end of July, the 1st of August, we're planning to take some preachers up there, let them see that area, the need in that area for somebody to start churches. We don't need no more churches around here. You can't sling a dead cat without hitting three independent Baptist churches around here. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's places up there. I, I'm just going to be real with you, man. I've told my daddy about it. Daddy said this. He said, look, somebody's got to stay here to keep the strong mission churches going and take people up there and show it to them. Well, I want to, hey, look, God's coming back. There's a world dying and going to hell. I'm not satisfied with where we're at tonight. But Josh, I want to keep moving. I want to stand still. I want to move. Because that's what God told us to do. Father, as we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight,